cute. That feels good, man. I have hella heartburn. Tums, dude. Tums is the way to go. That's what I just did. Right before you texted me saying, uh, hey, call me. I Tums had just heartburn. Some Tums, some, some Tums, the, uh, like the OG chalky ones. They're yeah. like maybe fruit flavored, but also probably not. The chewy ones are the best. Those are infinitely better, but also don't have them. Yeah, that that helps, dude. I we stock up on those. See, I don't get heartburn as much as I used to when I smoke cigarettes. Are you done smoking cigs again? Yeah, I haven't had a cigarette since fucking twenty nineteen, dude. Did you say since twenty nineteen? It's only three months into twenty twenty, bro. Four yeah, months. But just so. starting the fourth month. <laughs> it was December thirty first at eleven fifty nine. <laughs> you took a drag. What is up, you mutants? Welcome back to another episode of the Fetch and Shock podcast. I am your host, the Professor Xavier of Magic, Tyler. And joining me, as always, is my co-host, the Magneto of MTG, Matt. Matt, what is going on, dude? Nothing, man. Just uh, checking out some spoilers. Mm-hmm. You know what? I was worried that we were going to run out of things to talk about during this quarantine. Um, But Ikoria just came around right at the exact time that we needed. It was timed perfectly. And it came with the good and came with the bad. I don't know if you were on Twitter at all on the day of it being spoiled, but Twitter was fucking unusable. <laughs> it was so bad. Yeah, it was just all that was all it was. There was a lot of complaining about this set. There is a very diverse opinion about this set. Either people are way into it or people are not, not into it. Hey, dude, people like complaining. You're right. That seems to be a reoccurring theme. Weird. Well, speaking of complaining, you know what's fun to complain about? Everything. Yeah, but specifically, you know what's fun to complain about? What's that? Losing in Magic the Gathering. And you know what we like? We know what we hate losing to? Cards that we hate. That's a segue to our question of the week from last week. I was wondering, I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, that I makes knew, more I, sense. I knew you were a little lost. But we got you there. We held your hand. We found you. We found the road for you. We got there. You're like that little kid that's lost in like the supermarket. Sure. We'll go with that. <laughs> no, we had a lot of good responses to uh, our our question of the week about we asked because we obviously went over our least favorite cards of all time last week. So we had to ask the people what cards they hated the most. We got some good ones. One that I did not expect, but Corey coming in with some insight. He said Leyline of Sanctity. That's, he plays Burn and Eight Rack. Yeah, but the like, card I, is the bane of his existence. I never lose to that card. But like now that I'm thinking about it. Everything that Corey does, he loses to that. <laughs> yeah, that is very true. Yeah, he just gets wrecked by that card. That feels really bad. He Play might lose decks. that card harder than I lose to Coligan's Command. Yeah, maybe. That's entirely possible. But, uh, and then also Dave Morris, he said, this is a good one, Chalice of the Void. Chalice wasn't in any of our top eights, was it? Our top fives, was it? Uh, I think it was in my... Honorable mentions. Yeah, I honestly remember. I delete them generally after... He just like from your brain, from your computer, from just existence altogether. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. They just cease to exist after we we get through them. Chalice of the Void's a real good one. It really is. It just. I think we might have talked about that one though, because I remember us having a conversation about Chalice Check and how fun that is. I think it was on my list. Maybe it was. But I don't remember. Like I said, this is how awful our attention spans have gotten. It literally, it's here and gone. Cool, you're done. And then another one which I thoroughly enjoyed was Roy. <laughs> his passionate hatred for blood moon fucking had me dying yeah passion is the key to life apparently unless it's i loved it blood moon <laughs> he specifically it and i quote fuck blood moon it can die in a fiery pit 
of cum. That yeah, that is a <laughs> that's a strong opinion. I read that it was just immediately just like, yep, that's you just had the exact sentiment that I have for almost every card on my top eight or on my top five. Yeah, people hate cards very strongly, no doubt about it. But people definitely hate cards, and I am I'm not immune to that. But you know what, Matt? People What's also that? love cards. People do also love cards. You know what kind of cards I'm particularly fond of? White border. Yes, I am. And just white cards in general, whether it's the border or the actual color identity of the card themselves. But regardless of the color, I think we can all get down with some brand new Magic the Gathering cards. There are quite a few, too. Oh, we got hit with the mother load. Yeah, they're, they're coming out hard and fast. Oh, hell yeah. So for those of you who didn't check it out, this past Thursday, they had the spoiler stream for Akoria. Matt, did you check out the spoiler stream at all? Nope, not one bit. Hmm. I watched the, uh, I didn't watch it as it happened, but I watched the, like the, the replay that they put on YouTube afterwards. And it was actually super sweet the way that they did it. They had like an intro where it was almost played like a QVC type thing, which I was like, okay, that's unique and different. But like, I didn't really care about it one way or the other. Um, and then it would like cut out and fade to like a view of a city and then like a big dragon, like shadow flying over the city and then cut back to like the QVC thing. And they would cut away to like a boat in the middle of the sea and then a big like sea creature swimming underneath it, like the shadow of it and then cut back to QVC style thing. And I was like, Oh shit, this is actually tight. Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. I liked the fuck out of that. I'll and probably then check it out. they moved into the actual stream uh, where they were spoiling cards. But before that, they played the trailer for the set. With the big dinos, I'm sure that was pretty good. Oh my god, did you see it? No. First I of all, not. they moved away from the shitty covers, which I'm happy with. So now they actually just decided to buy rights to real songs. And they actually got a good song. They, they played uh, Bad Reputation by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. I was like, oh yeah. Going deep. Oh yeah. And it was like Vivian just being all badass. And like killing a, a big old creature with like her little flying cat thing and then this like big spire in the background like lights up like almost like a volcano and then the creature that they killed comes back to life and stuff and it's just like whoo this might be the best one so far i know people are soft for the war of the spark one but i think this one might trump it yeah oh yeah it's so good if you haven't watched it which matt you haven't so you should go watch it at some point it is yeah, well because the war of the spark one so was pretty dope I think it's better than the, but I think clean. the music in the War of the Spark one ruined it. Why is that? Just like, I, I don't know. Wasn't a big fan of the song choice. Like if they would have played something different behind the War of the Spark one, I could see myself maybe liking it more. But it's just like, it seemed kind of corny. Yeah, I'll check. I'll have to. I didn't pay attention to the music, honestly. I'll have to check out the new, uh, the new trailer. The new one's really good. And you could tell they're putting effort into these trailers now. Because I'm pretty sure we talked about this when the War of the Spark one came out, but <laughs> we remember the good old days where the trailers were just animated versions of the card art. Yeah, and them shitty moving around. Yeah, with like the, the, the budget animations, which at the time were like, they were cool. And then like somebody narrating as a planeswalker behind it, like the story behind the card. Now it's just a song and all of the storytelling is going on with the visuals and the visuals are out of this fucking world like the animation is just insane it's like movie style animation like shit you would expect from like a, a high budget animated film that's pretty cool oh, it's they're slowly sweet. working towards that cartoon hey hopefully someday i mean if there was ever a time for that to come out 
Right now would be the time, dude. Yeah. Would People they have, have all the time. time. Yeah. I would kill for the magic animated thing to come out right now just so I could just sit and binge it. That's where we're at in life is just what can I binge now? I took yeah, my there's... dog on a 45 mile walk now. That has legitimately been my life, especially since like Vintage Cube is gone. But Vintage Cube is gone. They did replace it with Modern Horizons draft, though. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I'm happy with that. I've also been playing a ton of Commander. Yeah, that's what you were saying. Yeah, me and the homies started our own little like sub format of Commander, which we're calling Wooden Nickel. And I am in Wooden love with the format. Nickel. Wooden Nickel. The idea behind the format is no card in your deck, including your commander, can be more than five cents on Moto. So 0.05 tickets. You were telling me a little bit about this before. Oh, dude, it's so sweet. Because the decks, like, they're $2 after everything's set and done. Like, once you build your deck, it's it's you go on Card Hoarder and you just buy it for two bucks. Yeah, so worth just, it. Oh, my God, it's awesome. I brewed five decks in, like, the past week. Like, I brewed Una, like a blue-black mill deck. I did Try to Fates, which is just Orzov Bounce. I did an Admiral Beckett Brass Pirate Commander deck. I did a uh, Renata. She's one of the uncommons from Theros. That whenever you play a creature, it gets an additional pl- or it gets a plus one plus one counter when it enters. Okay. And I did uh, Kazarov. He's like the Dominaria vampire that you can ping something for two for two and a black. The Rakdos guy, or for uh, two and a red, three and a red, actually. and it's just all hanger creatures because every time a creature an opponent controls is dealt damage he gets a counter i play this game on magic online and then just within by like turn like 10 of the game my commander was just a 27 27 with uh hex proof because i put That's lightning a good way to on end it. it yeah i put lightning greaves on the, my commander made it a 20 27 27 and then just like one shot at each of my opponents like one after another after another yeah that will do it i guess especially when everything is 0.5 cents online Oh, when I was doing that, I was playing in or like the normal commander room. I wasn't uh, playing in like people. with my friends. I was playing against like real commander decks and just like going after it, which just shows like the coolness of commander that I can just be playing a deck that's I'm looking at my Kazarov deck right now. And on Magic Online, this exact deck list is one dollar and ninety five cents. Yeah, that's a super cheap way to play Magic. I guess. Oh, it's sweet. That's and it's cheaper like cool than way. Popper. Oh, my goodness. By a landslide, it's cheaper than Popper. And there's some there's some wild shit like in Garrick's Wake, the one Rathix for everything but your shit that somehow was under five cents on Magic Online. Doesn't spread. I'll never understand Magic Online pricing. That's fair. But like Lightning Greaves, that card's insane. Under five cents. Just all this cool, crazy shit. But you don't get to play Soul Ring and you don't get to play uh, like any of the other dumb busted cards like Smothering Ties. Obviously not. Cyclonic Rift. Definitely not. Ristic Study. Risk study, definitely not. So, like, you also don't have to deal with stupid shit, which is very nice. So if any of you nerds out there want to join the, the Wood Nickel gang, I actually made a Discord with me and my friends, but if you want to be a part of this Discord and join in this this thing, just shout, reach out to me on Twitter, at BasicLandBin, that's a plug, and you can you can be a part of the Wood Nickel gang, and we'll play we'll play some Commander, because that's, like, what I've been doing. Hey, gotta do something to kill time, right? Amen. Well, speaking of Commander, that's actually a decent segue into some of the spoilers that we were starting to talk about before we got on our little tangent. And there are some, one was preemptively banned in Commander. Oh, that one's one of the actual sets. I'm talking about like the Commander 2020, because that spoiler stream was for Akoria and Commander 2020, because they're being released, like coinciding with each other. Yeah, that makes sense. But 
like they are still distinct decks. There is some overlap, at least from like what I'm seeing from the commanders so far, but nothing too wild. I know there's the one that you sent me and you were like, holy shit, this card is really good. Yeah, there's definitely some of those. Yeah, like the one that we're talking about right now is uh, Gabby Nest Warden, and she is a legendary creature for two, a blue, a red, and a white. She's a 2-5 human shaman, and you may pay zero rather than pay the cycling cost for the first card you cycle each turn. And then when you draw your second card each turn, which is just when you cycle, uh, you create a 2-2 red-white dinosaur cat creature token or cycling twice on someone else's turn yeah or you could just do something yeah or you could just cast something that draws you two cards on your opponent's turn too like that's it's not exclusively to cycling which is really nice like there's a chance you could just build this deck with like very few cycling cards with just the ability to draw a ton of cards on your opponent's turn yeah and just make some two two guys dinosaur cats to be specific yeah i mean all these commanders are really really cool and i like the fact that none of them say like draw a card on them those are the yeah, least exciting cards. Yeah, I would agree with you. But like, boy, there are some sweet ones. And there's five of them, which is cool. Because we sometimes we don't get a actual five new commander cards. Sometimes there are new commander decks. Sometimes there's only four, and that kind of seems like, uh, I wish we would have gotten the full boat. This time we do get the full boat. Yeah, that's always fun to get everything. And then you can actually see stuff and go from there. Another one that I saw that is out of this world is... Calamax, the Storm Sire? Which one is that? Jesus. This card is sick. It is one green, blue, red for a 4-4 legendary creature, Elemental Dinosaur. And then whenever you cast your first instant speed spell each turn, if Calamax is tapped, copy that spell, you may choose a new target for that copy. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah that's real dumb. Whenever you copy a spell, you put a counter on this bad boy. He's a 4-4 four, four, for 4. Yep. My one gripe. Super powerful card. I wish he had haste. I know that's a little fucking pushed. That's a little too much. A little bit? Yeah, okay. Maybe a lot. <laughs> just a little bit pushed. But just be in able to just get in with this guy and just be like, "Oh, I'm going to just going to copy everything from here on out." And I think I've mentioned mechanics like this before where it like kind of teaches new players like the like the most optimal way to cast spells without being too obvious. Like because just generally you want to wait to cast all of your creatures and your sorcery spells in your second main phase after you've went through combat. But sometimes that's not super obvious. Yeah, try to get them to spend some mana, etc. Exactly. But like that's not super obvious to brand new players. But this card makes it like just a an obvious bonus to do that so it gets newer players or unexperienced players into the swing of casting things in their second maid phase so shit like this is i'm just like all on board yeah i agree but yeah i mean the other new commanders like they're cool but those are the two that i'm really into uh the one i like is the shocking the soul tie one. Oh, the soul tie one i like that I'm trying to find it you're talking about uh i, be- I believe it's Otrimi, the ever playful First of all, killer name. He's a Nightmare Beast, which is a sick creature type. And he is three mana plus a black, a green, and a blue. So shocker, Matt likes a Soul Tie card. He's a 6-6, and he has Mutate, which is a mechanic from the new set. His Mutate cost is one, a black, a green, and a blue. He also has Trample, 
And whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player, return target creature card with mutate from your graveyard to your hand. No, that's not the one I'm talking about. Oh, you're not talking about the Sultai one? No, there's... I don't think that's it. Oh, I think you might be talking about the... The... The, uh... Abzan one. I'm trying to find them. This is... I'm going back over to Mythic Summer. I always have better lives. Figure out what I'm actually talking about. You might be having problems because you're looking at Aquaria spoilers and not the Commander spoilers? I thought I was in the Commander spoilers. Maybe not. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I, that might be... I think I'm in the wrong place. So I'm an idiot. Technology's hard sometimes. Technology is hard. But, I mean... Otrimi is a pretty sick card if you have the ability to just, like, continue to recur these mutate cards. It remains to be seen how good mutate is. It is a complicated mechanic. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely a bit strange. It's real wordy. So, I mean, let's let's talk about mutate right now while we're talking about this commander guy, and then we can yeah, talk about it a, a little bit more explain it. when we go into the actual meat of what uh, Akoria has to offer. So mutate is a second ability or is a, an ability on a card that gives you the ability to cast it, but you cast it onto another non-human creature that you own. It's and a mixing either... of... Yeah, go ahead. For the older players out there, it's a mix of banding and uh, what's the bestow you said, right? Bestow, yeah. It's, it's a kind that's of combination been... of that. That's how I've been explaining it to anybody who's asked me because me and my friends have had a conversation about it where they're just like this seems like a lot and i'm like well think about it like bestow except for it has nothing to do with power and toughness it's just the ability you're almost casting it like an enchantment except for you can choose which power and toughness you want so you put it on the battlefield mutated to another creature non-human that you control and it either goes on top or below that creature whatever creature is on top that is the base power and toughness that you're working with. So if you're yeah, casting you can do this it either guy, way. Yeah. If you're casting this this mutate guy, this or if you're casting a mutate creature, let's we're speaking specifically about a tree me right now, you're gonna mutate him onto something. If you put him on top, you're getting your six sick. But then he retains any ability of the card below him. And so he still ability. has he still has trample and he still has Whenever this creature deals combat damage, uh, you get to return something with mutate from your graveyard to your hand, which is his ability. But let's say this other card has, like, uh, flying. And whenever you deal combat damage to a player, draw a card. You, whenever you deal combat damage to a player, first of all, you have a flying trample, 6-6. Six, six. And whenever you deal combat damage, you get to do both things. No. Uh, they mutate into the creature on top, and then the abilities come from the creature on the bottom. Yeah, so but the flying get... would be so he still has flying. Yeah, but he wouldn't have trample. No, he's because he has trample himself. It's not how it reads. Yeah, because they it turn his abilities. No, the abilities come from the card underneath. They mutate into the creature on top, plus all abilities from under it. Oh yeah, I guess they would. Yeah, Never he, mind. Yeah, I'm he, an idiot. No, he, maintain, he maintains was, all of his abilities. I was reading that wrong. I was reading as power, toughness, the creature on top, and then you get the abilities from the creature on the bottom. But no, you get best of both worlds. Cool. Yeah, so basically, so what the way that you can think about it is just both the creatures, whatever amount of creatures that you have stacked in your mutate creature, everything that any of those creatures would do or have, that one creature has. Yep. The only thing that doesn't, like, change with that is the power and toughness. Whichever creature you choose to be on top when you mutate is the power and toughness. Yep. Like, so if you would ever want to change the power and toughness, 
you would have to remutate another card on top of it, like a brand new card on top of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's my bad. I was reading that incorrectly. You're new good, mechanic, no leave me alone. <laughs> so yeah, mutate is one. I mean, as we just covered, is going to be a pain in the dick <laughs> for a lot of players. Yep, it's going to be confusing. It is not very interesting. No, not at all. But that's fine. But it is super unique, and it is a cool... It's going to be cool in gameplay. I almost guarantee it. Yeah, I agree. It's going to make some interesting stacks of creatures. Yeah. Now, the other commander that I think that you were referring to is the uh, Cathril aspect. I was actually looking at the Accor cards. Oh, were you? Yeah, that's... uh, We'll talk about Homeboy. Oh, we'll get to we'll get to whatever card you're thinking about. Well, let's talk about this yeah. this one real quick because this guy's fucking sweet too. So, Cathril is two, a white, a black, and a green for a three three legendary creature nightmare insect. These creature types for these commanders are also fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of art too. It's just bad, like bad good. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's fucking very cool. But whenever Cathril enters the battlefield, put a flying counter. On any creature you control, if a creature card in your graveyard has flying, repeat this process for First Strike, Double Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Indestructible, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, and Vigilance. Then you put a plus one, plus one counter on Cathril for each counter put on a creature this way. That segues us nicely into another brand new ability from the new set, Ikoria, which is... um ability counters is yeah, what we're calling the, them i guess yeah the best way to put it so you put a counter on it but instead of a plus one plus one or minus one minus one that counter grants first strike haste whatever flying trample menace lifelink it grants an evergreen ability yes which is so so neat yeah it's wild like oh have you ever wanted one of your favorite creatures in the entire history of magic to have an evergreen ability that it doesn't currently have. Well, there you can go. Well, guess what? Here, here no, it is. Do. Here's your ability. Just put it. Just, just put a counter on it. And for people out there who are wondering, like, oh, well, how is this going to be represented in gameplay? Again, it is going to be a bit complicated. Kind of like so, how mutate's going to be complicated. I think those are going to be a little bit easier. If you remember to Amonkhet, they yep. had the punch out cards. I think it's going to be something similar. They have on the on, I believe, the original spoiler page, they spoiled like one of the insert cards. And it does look like it's going to be a similar thing where it is like you just press out the paper uh, counter and you just throw it on the creature whenever you, you you get a trigger that puts that that particular counter on it. Yeah, that seems like it would be the easiest to do it yeah. that way. But I mean, think about a time where you don't have these counters like that's going to be a little tricky. Paper and a pen, dude. That's going to be our, your best bet. That The thing is, too, paper and a pen is always going to be your, your best move. This just is a little awkward because you remember during, what was it, Amonkhet, when it had the exert counters? Yeah, people just pulled it out of the sleeve. Exactly. There was that little unspoken rule that whenever you attacked with something and exerted, if you didn't have the counter, you just like lifted it out of your sleeve just to show that that's being exerted and then it doesn't untap during your untap step. This doesn't really have the that ability to do that. It's not like you can just like half take this out of the sleeve and be like, oh, uh, this creature has death touch now. Yes, <laughs> just one of these 10 counters in the set. I mean, I know what I'm going to do. Whenever I play these cards, 
I'm just going to get a Sharpie and just write on the art, like, death touch. Oh, First brutal. <laughs> and then just whenever that circle it. Over, just going to scratch it out and then just run it down. And then by the end of whatever, like, pre-release or whatever I'm playing, I'm just going to have a card that has no visible text on it. Just my shitty, crusty handwriting in Sharpie just scratched out a million times. Got to do different color Sharpie over top of each other. Oh, just, like, take the art, black it out. And then write in silver Sharpie. And then the next game, you just silver it out and then write over in black Sharpie and then black it out and write over silver Sharpie and then just ad nauseum until there's a layer of Sharpie on top of your card that's like an inch and a half thick. And then you get called for marked cards. Judge call. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's inevitable. So let's close out the, the commander talk. I mean, I'm excited for this. I mean, I've been getting more into commander. I don't know if any of these are going to fit into wooden nickel. But they might. Probably not. I would assume not. <laughs> Pretty powerful stuff so far. But they might give us cool cards. I mean, these cards on their surface have the potential to be very cool commanders, especially Gavry with the cycling. That oh, yeah. already is going to be a sick commander. And the cards that are going to be in it are probably going to be fucking off. Like, there's going to be at least a handful of new cycling cards that are just going to be like, oh, yeah, this is obvious. This is obviously an insane card. Yeah, I already saw someone post something. There's like an Armageddon that cycle. You cycle it, destroy all land. Ooh. Yeah, it's like, okay, well, fuck. Already getting shitty with it. I like it. Yeah, someone's like, well, the tip, my playgroup is... <laughs> yep, there. people are going to people. That is for sure. People are going to people, for sure. <laughs> Quote of the year. But back to the... Uh, let's let's move on to Akoria. The actual meat and potatoes of it. The first thing that that was really talked about during the Aquaria stream that I took notice to was the fact that there's a little collaboration going on with this new set. What could it be with? Um, It is with a, the known IP that I obviously haven't heard about in forever. Uh, Godzilla. Yeah, some fucking sweet art. Oh, yeah, we have some gotten of those are very wild. Sick. Yeah, so Magic, um, and I from the stream, they, they gave us a little bit more insight into it, where uh, the, the Asian department for, for Wizards of the Coast and Magic the Gathering, uh, they reached out to Toho, which owns the intellectual property for all the Godzilla stuff, and they're like, hey, do you think we could uh, do the thing with your thing? And they're like, oh, yeah, sure, yeah, you do the thing. So now we have the things, um, and the things are going to be sweet like alternate art versions of creatures in the set but That's unlike anything names. we've ever seen before we have like creatures with alternate names yeah same exact abilities but different names yeah so Wild. there are there are going to be I, I don't know if these are going to be an actual packs or if you can only get these from collector boosters because i know you could get like in uh previous versions of this you could get the collector booster versions of the cards in actual packs. They were just a little bit more rare to find. I don't know if this is going to be the same thing. Yeah, who knows? I had a good, like, how is that going to work with Commander? So they did kind of cover this on the stream a little bit. Oh, uh, okay. These cards in all gameplay functionality are the cards that they are representing. Okay. So sense. whether it's like the baby Godzilla uh, version of the one card or the, the Godzilla uh, primeval champion version of the card or the Mothra version of the card, um, regardless of whether it has that alternate name, it is still 
going to function as the original one. Here, this is the, the like the Mothra supersonic queen. That's the alternate version, but the card itself is uh, Luminous Broodmoth. And for all intents and purposes in gameplay, it is just Luminous Broodmoth. It just has a nickname, which is Mothra. Mm, yeah, it's Mothra. Yeah, so we have... Obviously. These, yeah, so we have these sweet, like, Toho collab, Godzilla collab versions of these cards, which the arts are fucking... My only... They're so good. Oh, the arts are insane. My only qualm with this is that they are so goddamn yeah there's a there's a lot to process for sure this has been the most confusing set i have ever seen like and i've seen unsets i have seen conspiracy i have seen battle bond they have tried to confuse me multiple times and i've been like no no i'm too wise for your tricks and then they pulled out different names for cards and i'm like whoa 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 pump the fucking brakes with (laughs) you've got me totally thrown with it yeah they just said here's this get fucked have fun figuring it out but once you get past the confusion these are these are fucking sweet yeah no you're not wrong but that's not even sir or not wrong that's not even the only like special art cards that we got either like we're also going to have other versions of these cool cards in collector boosters but they're not different names they have the same name of the card but they're like Almost kind of like comic book style, like hyper-saturated, big, bold line art versions of these cards. And I am more partial to these than I think I am of the Godzilla versions. It's called New School, isn't it? Tattoos? Um, Stuff it's like not that, like, like big, big, bold colors and I mean, fatty that, lines. Yeah, it's kind of similar to that. You're kind of right. But the, the saturation of these colors, man, it's just like, whoo. These are just the color palette. Wild. They're so bright. Like they're so in your face and bright. And they have like the full art treatment where the the card art goes behind the text box and the tans- to the text box is kind of translucent. Pretty sick stuff, honestly. This set looks fun. Looks good. I mean, I brought this up to you earlier and you disagreed, but I'm interested to see how it shakes out. This set, as far as design wise, is reminding me a lot like cons. Cons of Tarkir. You know what it reminds me of? What? Yu-Gi-Oh! or Pokemon. <laughs> I've seen so many people being like, oh, this is Yu-Gi-Oh! now. Cool. And the one correlation that I can- am pulling from that is they are starting to throw in like the hyper rare versions of cards where it's like, oh, in Pokemon, you can get like the rare, but like also you can get like the the extended art version of that rare and you can get a like hollow version that's like gold of that rare. And then you can get like a rainbow version of that rare and all these different things where it's like 30 versions of one card. Yeah, it's a commander player's wet dream. I mean, these are a hundred percent the coolest versions of cards we've. But how about we talk about some actual cards, eh? Eh? Yeah, I'm fine with that. There's some, there's some spicy meatballs. The first one that I want to talk about is one of the first cards that we we have seen from the set, which is a card that we mentioned, Luminous Brood Moth. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Wizards! Why you gotta, why you gotta oh, do wait. this like this? Talk about making white cards great again. It's there's going to I don't know if anyone's broken it yet. Uh, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Someone was playing around with it with uh, solemnity, solemnity. Things can't have counters placed on them. Yeah. So it's just like every time something dies, you just get it back and then at infinitely get that back. Yeah. Seems OK. I mean, you do just have to deal with the Broodmoth and like it's a so I guess we could talk about the card. So Luminous Broodmoth is two colorless and two white. For a 3-4 flying creature, it's an insect. And then whenever a creature you control without flying dies, 
return it to the battlefield under your control with a flying counter on it. So this is going back to that abilities counter thing that we talked about before, where now you can just give creatures evergreen ability with the counter. Mm-hmm. So if that creature would die again with the flying counter on it, it obviously doesn't come back. But like you said, with something that prevents a counter or something that takes off a counter, because I'm sure that that's another way to bust it. Uh, you just get those creatures back uh, infinitely. Yeah. Yeah. This card is sick. You can get enter infinite ETB abilities with that and two vampire hex mages for the fuck of it. You can do that. I mean, and like you can do that with like uh like a blood artist effect. That one's a little jankier, but I'm sure someone will come out with something. That's just a matter of time before it may not be good, but there's a better version of it out there. Oh, for sure. I mean, people are even throwing around like how they did the solemnity thing. If you just have a creature that sacks and deals damage, like uh, what's that one goblin, that one one goblin with haste that you can sack and deal that damage to any creature? Oh, from Amonkhet. Amonkhet? Yep, I think so. I don't know the name of it. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, there's also a million different creatures. Like Murderous Redcap works with that as well. Yeah, you just need a sack outlet. Yeah, you just need a creature that sacrifices, and when it dies, it deals damage, or when it enters the battlefield, deals damage. We well, didn't even need the Brood Moth for that. True, <clears throat> but this just, just kind of opens the persist, up that door. But yeah, there, there's definitely some things that weren't there before, but now they're always going to come back, and if they don't have a counter, cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Another uh, card that we saw early off on the first day of spoilers, which <clears throat> I thought was just fucking wild, and I feel like nobody's talking about, is a new Planeswalker, uh, Luca Coppercoat Outcast. Yeah. He does some things. Him and his kitty cat tear the world up. Oh, yeah, they coming. Him and his cat. Also, they coming have, for you. Have you watched uh, the Tiger King documentary series? Yeah. This guy gives off big Tiger King great. Yeah. Which I love. <laughs> that dude for sure breeds tigers and feeds them leftover Walmart meat. <laughs> This is we already have the backstory for this. That is Joe Exotic. Didn't only collab with the Godzilla company to give us Godzilla cards, but they also did a collaboration with Joe Exotic to give us a Joe Exotic card. Absolutely. (laughs) Why would they not do that? This is his invitational card. When he won the invitational. When he went to jail. He got to make a card. (laughs) Yeah. And this is the one that he made. And he's like, let's make a busted five mana planeswalker. At least we don't have a busted three mana planeswalker. Just a five mana one. Yeah, you just fucking ruined it. You know they're gonna. <laughs> I just damned us all. We're gonna yeah. get another Oko. Well, at least guys, this guy's reasonably costed. I guess we could talk. We can go over what he does. Um, nope. Figure it out. <laughs> so Luca is three red red for a five loyalty planeswalker. Uh, his plus ability is exile the top three cards of your library. Creature cards exiled this way gain. You may cast this card from exile as long as you control a Luca Planeswalker. Sure, pretty good. His minus two ability. That's is, where the money's at. Is so good. You exile target creature you control. Then reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal a creature card with a higher converted mana cost. Put that card uh, onto the battlefield. I had to read that like four times just to make right? sure I was reading it correctly. Because it's insane. But you put that card on the battlefield, and then you put the rest of the cards revealed that way uh, in a random order on the bottom of your library. So And that's it. Yeah. So let's just say you use some mana guys to uh, ramp this this guy out. And the only mana guys in your deck are uh, one mana mana creatures. 
Uh, you, let's say you 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 throw this guy down on turn three, and then you go ahead and just immediately minus two him, sacking your Elvishman. Then you just start flipping cards from the top of your library. Oh, weird that you just happen to only put one copy of Emrakul in your library and no other creatures above one mana. Weird. Here's a turn three Emrakul. Uh, taste it. <laughs> you can also... This could be a nice little addition to that polymorph deck. Yeah. That's using Dwarven, the Throne of Eldraine land. Yes, that's... I wasn't even thinking about that. I was just thinking, go and just... Go go get the biggest idiot in all of Magic's history uh, for the low, low cost of sacrificing one of your shitty dumb creatures. That's probably the better way to do it. <laughs> okay, um, fair. Because you do need... Uh, you would still need both those pieces, and it costs one more. It's possible it's just an additional polymorph effect. Yeah, it could just easily be that. But this guy's sick. Like, this dude's plus ability isn't nothing either. No, his plus ability does real things. That is card advantage. And it's not Uh, just like a little bit of card card advantage. advantage. Yeah, I mean, it's card advantage in in the red way. Yeah. Which, I mean, in a properly built deck, this guy just says, like, draw three cards. Yeah. Oh, hey, cast these dudes. Yeah. Kobolds. Kobolds are making a comeback. (laughs) <laughs> that's it everybody we broke it <laughs> you think i'm kidding i'm just drawing three kobolds every turn <laughs> mad do you got any uh any any cards you like to speak about now i've already went yeah through two of them. so this uh let me bring it back it is it is saltai and it's brokos apex of forever so it's regular cost is two black green blue for a 6-6 trample, and its ability is you may cast Brokos Apex of Forever from your gate graveyard using its mutate ability, and it mutates for two hybrid blue-black, green-black, green-green. <laughs> oh, and he has trample, too. Yeah, so um, just a recursive threat. I mean, he's yeah. also a 6-6 for five with trample. Yeah, nothing to scoff at. Like, just not being the most broken thing. Game. Yeah, not the most broken thing but really good. I mean, just getting it back is insane, right? Yeah, just, oh, you killed this? Okay, here it is again. And all you have to do is just put it onto a non-human? Yeah, and if they counter it or something, it's like, okay. Uh, again let's next try turn. this again. Yeah. I mean, we've already seen so many cards in the past year that have been able to be cast from your graveyard that are insane. I mean, look at Uro right now. He's in this color combination. Yep. And you can cast him essentially from your graveyard for very little effort. And he just ruins formats. Like, he's just crushing. Like, he's making splashes in modern. There are decks in Legacy that are playing him big time. Standard, he's, I mean, I don't really follow Standard, but from what I've seen, he seems like he's really putting the screws to that. Yeah, it seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, and and, and another thing. Are they just getting lazy with their busted Soul Tie cards names? Like, we called Oko Broko for so long, and they just put an S on the end of it and then printed this fucking guy. This honestly was probably already designed and Oko was printed. I mean, but they they could have changed the name. They could have. That's true. <laughs> There's like, ah, fuck it. Call it Broko. I don't give a shit. There's... That's fair. Wait, hold on. Add another K. Okay, yeah. we're good. <laughs> yeah. They'll never like, know. No, 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 no. Put an S on the end of it, too. Yeah. Um, that is, uh, one that piqued my eye just because I love salt value stuff. The other yeah, one, uh, my lizard brain, uh, <laughs> Death's Oasis. It is Abzan, so white, black, green for an enchantment. 
And it reads, whenever a non-token creature you control dies, put the top two cards of your library into your graveyard. Then, return a creature card with lesser converted mana cost than the creature that died from your graveyard to your hand. And then yeah. for a colorless, you can sacrifice this and gain life equal to the greatest converted mana cost among creatures you control. Huh. Matt, you smell that? So I smell something spicy in the, yeah, in the works. Yeah, it smells a little bit like a combination. Which I've been known to like. Yeah, that seems like that card's right up your fucking ass. And, and then, it's oh, sorry, go on. Yeah. Yeah, this card's nuts. There's a lot of just good, solid cards in here. This set is sick. Um, my my favorite card that I will try to play in Vintage is already preemptively banned in Commander. Oh, uh, we've already, we've talked about this, this card off air, but I have some words and some feelings about this guy. Yeah, in Otter News, I really liked it. <laughs> Oh, you did it! <laughs> it is Lutri, the Spell Chaser. Um, it is one blue-red hybrid, blue-red hybrid. Legendary creature, Elemental Otter. See yes, what I did there? Yes. Um, it is a 3-2, and it has Companion. So um, I'll read the card, and then I'll explain Companion. It's Companion. The criteria to meet is each non-land card in your starting deck has a different name. It has Flash. When Lutri the Spell Chaser enters the battlefield, if you cast it, copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. So it's a fork. Uh, yes, it is a fork. Yeah. Well, and to be more clear about Companion, Companion is a new mechanic to Akoria, and it is a deck building mechanic, which is yeah, something a, I don't think I we've really ever to... seen. No. Um, so, so the Companion... Uh, criteria that you have to meet for this card each non-land card in your starting deck has a different name and companion is if this card is your chosen companion you may cast it once from outside the game so you can cast this from your sideboard and it has flash so you can fork something yeah a spell of your choice okay and that is that is like the the idea of companion like we said it's a deck building mechanic so there are also, there's multiple cards, which I will talk about a few of them next, because I, I dig this mechanic, because it's built around deck building, so you have to meet the, the the criteria of whatever this card demands for you to be its companion, and then you get to be able to just, like, summon it just from outside the game, because you guys are that tight. You guys are buddies. Yeah, he's just coming to hang out. Yeah, he's just your homie. So if you, if you guys are so tight that you at least for this guy specifically for Lutri, if you guys are so sick that your entire deck is singletons outside of lands, then you just get to, you know, just have them as like a secret eighth card in your opening hand. Yeah, that you always have access to. And like as long you said, as you meet that deck building requirement. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, he's already banned on day one, like moments after he was spoiled, already banned. Yep, they're like, yep, this is banned. This is ridiculous. Which I have some feelings about that. I think it's pretty obvious that this guy specifically is just so fucking good if you just like don't have to have him in your, your deck. But com- Commander has been notoriously a format without sideboards. Like you can't play any wish cards in Commander because you don't have a sideboard. You can't do anything like that. So like none of the companion cards in my mind should be really legal unless they're in your 99. I don't think it's that. I think it's the flash fork thing. I mean, just the ability because the companion cost for, or the companion uh, restriction for this guy is just the commander format. 
it's like you don't have to work for it where there's other guys that if you really wanted them to be your companion companion which you can you have to work for it and you have to actually build your deck around it you can't do like play those other guys without building that that or without building your deck within those companion constraints but like that's still even if you do build your deck within those companion constraints one i think your deck is just worse and you're only doing it for like whatever marginal ability that you get from this guy from one of these other guys just being able to be cast it's just like feels very not commander to me to have this card from outside the game that you can now just you know cast yeah and that's probably why they preemptively said no well, he preemptively said no to Lutri, but you can do it with these other companion creatures. Yeah. Like, that feels very anti-commander to me. They might change it where it's like, okay, you get, this is like a new special zone or whatever. This is your chosen companion. But even then, that's still super, like, sure, you have your commander, but that should be, in my mind, the only card. Like, the commander is the defining format of commander. I know that's a crazy statement to make, but that commander should be the only card that is allowed to be able to do that now you just have a commander and a companion like what what's no, even yeah, going I, on i get your point yeah it's definitely a strange zone and i just think it's unfair for them to say lutri just out of every single concept of modern or of, of commander sorry he's banned i genuinely think like he would be totally fine as your actual commander or he'd be totally fine as one of the 99 cards in your deck yeah, As a sure. companion, he's busted. He's so good. But he's not, like, busted to the point where he's, like, so much better than all of the other companion cards. Except for the fact that his companion thing is just exactly commander. I think that might be what did it, because it's literally just free to play then. Sure, then ban him from being your companion. There's cards banned from being your commander. Yeah, that's true. So just ban him from being your companion, then you, you can jam. And this guy's your commander. Yeah, that checks out. I'm, I would be fine with that. Then again, I don't really have much stake in commander, so I don't care, but... He's just so fucking cool. Yeah. No, I get it. And you should have Miz at commander deck as one of the 99 cards of my deck. Yeah, that should just be how commander is, but I'm sure they'll make changes. They always do with stuff like that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, because there's other, there's other companion cards that people were, were pretty excited about, like uh, Karuga. The Macro Sage, he's a uh, five mana for three and t two hybrid Simic mana. He's a five four, and he has whenever uh, Karuga enters the battlefield, draw a card for each other permanent you control with converted mana cost three or greater. And he has companion to meet his companion requirement. Your starting deck has to contain only cards with converted mana cost three or greater, excluding lands. There's going to be a lot of weird deck checks with these. That's another thing companions. with companions. It's like a super weird, like it almost seems like it's only focused towards online play. Like this seems like a very specific arena mechanic. Yeah. It's just easy to do there. Be like, well, well this isn't your companion. Yeah. It's just like very hard in paper for this to be really like rained down upon. Unless you have like deck checks every round or you have like global deck lists available to everybody at all times. Because like there's a chance that like you open this card at a pre-release or let's say like somebody who this is their very first pre-release. They open this card and they're just like, oh, cool. This guy's sweet. Like and they just like start building their deck. And then in their deck, they throw like a two mana two two in it. And they're just like, well, this guy gets to be my companion, blah, blah, blah. And then 
they're playing against some hardo that is there to fucking try to scam packs from like little kids because there's people out there that definitely do that um well i don't even think it's that it's just you need to learn how it works and you learn by making mistakes so if you go to cast it be like hey you can't do that yeah but also think about the world where you're at a gp or something in limited and then a high level player strategically puts like two mana spells in his deck to be able to deal with it and when those two two mana spells come up that he uses them and when they don't come up uh they have this card sitting in their sideboard and they just be like oh i cast this and then if they draw one of those two cards they're just like oh it's a dead card but i also just got to cast a five four for five uh and draw a bunch of cards like doesn't matter here's the thing about that people who cheat always get caught cheating eventually sure but i mean until they don't there's going to be people that exploit it and this seems like a mechanic right for the exploitation yeah i can see that i don't think we can make things just for the one percent who are dickheads no i agree and you're yeah you're 100 right i i guess this this conversation stemmed from the fact that this seems like a mechanic that they put a lot of time and effort into because they know it's going to work on arena yeah that's entirely possible and like really it seems like paper magic tournaments at this point are at a secondary thought because i don't know i don't think you could tell me that this would be the this would be a mechanic that existed before arena existed yeah no whether that's a right. good thing or bad thing uh remains to be seen <laughs> yeah there's only one way to find out right yep gotta play the cards but i see what you're saying like it's you can't cheat online no you definitely can't yeah the the, the computer's not gonna let you do that yeah agreed but i guess to move off of that uh whole tirade there's a little there's a little guy in this set that i really love and he is an uncommon hit me i'm talking about my little buddy sprite dragon yeah that thing looks pretty cool holy is sprite dragon sweet what you know about a two mana one one flyer with haste that just whenever you cast a non-creature spell put a plus one plus one counter on it yeah seems pretty good what was that one wizard that was this exact Storm card? Chaser. It had Storm prowess. Chaser. But it had prowess instead of the counter. That card was very good. It's also one three and not a one one. Sure, I, this guy's a little a little soft. Not for but, long. But you know what this guy is, or you know what this guy isn't that Storm Chaser Mage is? A fairy dragon. Fairy dragon, exactly. And you no know what you fairy dragons. You can mutate a fairy dragon. You can't mutate a storm chaser mage. True. So like what you know about uh, playing this little fairy dragon and then just, you know, playing a Brocus on it. <laughs> yeah, 6-6. Six, six. Sure. There's going to be it's some just, nonsense that happens, like an, absolutely. And all of the absurd text on it. <laughs> it's the size of a pixie, rage of a hellkite. I love that. <laughs> it's that's such good flavor text. What a crazy this, cool set so far. Oh yeah, this thing could get out of hand really quickly. Oh, for sure. Another thing I want to talk about, um, and we mentioned this before it, off air, but we got some mana rocks. Yeah. And these mana did. rocks are fucking instant commander staple. Yeah, they're the, the banner cycle, but better because instead of sacking them to draw a card, they have cycling for two. Yeah, and this is, they're, th they're three mana artifacts, and they tap for one one of three colors, Um and the, the obviously the the theme colors of the set are uh, Teamer, Sultai, Mardu, Abzan, Jeskai. So just like uh, Cons of Tarkir. Yeah, but like you said, they're just they're just two mana, two colorless or two generic cyclers. Which yeah, they just immediately become some of the best three 
color mana rocks ever. Yeah, that cycling adds a lot. That's so much value. Because even That's think a... about some of just the normal mana rocks that exist for cycling, like Mindstone. Mindstone's a mainstay in Commander. You have to put more effort into Mindstone than you do this thing to draw a card. Yeah, this is either two mana and draw a card or a three mana mana rock. It's not a mana rock you play for three and then what is it? Three to crack the banners? I believe so. So yeah, quite a significant upgrade. I mean, and just think like two sets ago, the mana rocks that we had in those were the sigils. Is that what they were called? From uh, Ravnica Elite. I honestly don't know. Where you the had four to mana ones. No, there were three mana, and then you could tap for a color of whatever guild they were. But then for three hybrid mana of that guild, you could draw a card. These are I just it was so four much mana. I thought that was four mana to crack them. Oh, yeah, they are. Four, no, you're right. Four mana to draw a card. Yeah, that's what right, I thought. Right, you're right. That's what I meant. I said four mana, not the yeah. play them. Yeah, you're right. 100%. The, that, that, woo! These are so much better than that. That is leading me to believe that if these are. It, these are in the limited format. Sure, they're uncommons. But You're going to pick helps, these up, though. That helps a limited format a lot. Cycling in general does, yeah. Yeah, but it, not just cycling, but also this is a going to have a lot of colors in this. Like, there's a chance that these are just first pickable over a lot of things. I don't know about first pickable, but they're up there. Depending on how the format checks out, yeah. These are definitely something that if... Like, you're never going to wheel these. You're probably going to take a bomb over these, but if you don't open a bomb... Like, whatever rare land you open in the format, assuming that you're not rare drafting, like, just for value, you're going to scoop these. Yeah, absolutely. So these give me high hopes for whatever limited format this is going to look. Another card that we talked about before uh, we started recording was Shivel, Bane of Monster. He's the first human that I think we're talking about. Which one is that? He's the black-green 1-3 with Death Touch. He's a legendary. Oh, that hero. dude. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry, continue. Yep, and then whenever, or at your upkeep, my bad, at the beginning of your upkeep, uh, if your opponents control no permanents with bounty counters on them, put a bounty counter on target creature or planeswalker and opponent controls, and then whenever a permanent and opponent controls with a bounty counter on it, it dies, you gain three life and you draw a card. This guy is pretty good. Yeah, that's a free ability pretty much, and then removal spells or trading in combat yeah like even if he just comes down and then just blocks something that's way bigger than he is uh you're you're gonna gain some life and draw some cards i mean at yeah. very worst he comes down puts a bounty counter on the scariest thing and then it puts the fear into your opponent that there's like can't attack with this guy ever because then not only does this guy die but my opponent gets to gain three and draw a card like that's terrifying yeah, well, it won't happen as soon as it comes down. It's the beginning of your upkeep. So, say, play yeah, this yeah, dude, yeah. turn two, turn your turn three, put a bounty counter on something, and then it's like, okay. Yeah. You, If you have a removal spell, you could just do it right then and there. Or, like you said, you could hold back. And, you can hold this guy back and block. Yep. Or you could just start chipping in. He is a one three, and turn two, not many things can. Yeah, there's a chance that whatever you put a bounty counter on first is, like, pretty inconsequential, but there's a chance that either your opponent will just not value this guy and not kill it, and then it'll just be able to kill that inconsequential thing through normal combat, or, which is uh, basically a, this a very similarly powerful effect, your opponent values this guy a lot and dedicates, like, a 
premium removal spell to get rid of them. That's just your opponent discarding a card. Yeah. And a good card. Yeah, it's a solid card. There's Like I said, there's a lot of good cards in the set. Especially Hell, for limited. This set looks really fun for limited. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. Um, Another kind of, I guess we could call it a cycle of cards. Maybe not particularly great for limited. Probably playable and constructed, at least in standard. But for the sake of art itself, these are a huge deal. And I'm talking about the Seb McKinnon cycle of cards. Yeah. They're Those the, are the uh, what are they called? Mythoses? The mythos, is that, yeah. Is it mythos? Is that is mythos a plural or mythos? Mythos, it sounds wrong. Yeah, I think it's just the the mythos. I don't know. Myth, mythoses? <laughs> Not a clue. Couldn't I'm sure we'll you, get corrected. I'm sure. But like the first one I believe that was spoiled was a mythos of Nethroi, which is the black one. It is two and a black for at instant speed. You destroy target non-land permanent. If it's a creature, or if you pay green and white, or if green and white was spent to cast it. So if you spend black, green, white, you can destroy target non-land permanent. But if you cast it for just black and then two generic or two of not those two color combinations, uh, you can only destroy it. This card is super confusing. Like the templating is fucking abysmal on this card, but it is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And the cool thing about this is, um, to my knowledge, this is Seb's first traditional painting for Magic. He went big. Go give him that. Hell yeah. So there are going to be, I don't know if he's going to be auctioning these or if there's already a buyer that's paid a million gazillion dollars or whatever, but these paintings are going to sell for a fucking fortune. Yeah, that's what you are saying earlier since they're actually paintings. Yeah, these are the first traditional works by Seb that are not, they're not digital. Which is wild. He's branching out. Yeah, I'd love to see like traditionally digital artists move into the traditional realm. And vice versa. I like to see traditional artists move into digital. Do it all. Why not? I mean, all of these motherfuckers are talented enough that they can do it all. And I like to see them kind of flex a bit. And these are definitely Seb flexing. Because even though it's not digital, it's still very Seb. Yeah, they're very, it's the same style. Yeah, it's iconic. Icon yeah, sure. It's like, you look at this card and you're like, oh, that's that's Seb McKinnon. It's obviously him. But, like, it's not the typical Seb that we're used to. That's true. I'll give you that. Um, I only had one more thing that I wanted to cover. We covered the one Planeswalker. We didn't cover the other one. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Why don't you give uh, us a little bit of Vivian? Yeah, it's Vivian Monsters Advocate. It's three green green for a legendary Planeswalker Vivian. Uh, comes in with three loyalty. So... Uh, two static abilities. You may look at the top card of your library at any time, and you may cast creature spells from the top of your library. Pretty decent static abilities. Oh, yeah. Um, the plus one is create a 3-3 green beast creature token, and then put your choice of a vigilance counter, reach counter, or a trample counter on it. Pretty good. Just oh, yeah. three threes with various abilities. This card's nuts. And then the minus two is whenever you cast your next creature spell this turn, uh, search your library for a creature card with lesser converted mana cost, put it onto the battlefield, and then <laughs> shuffle your library. Yep. Um, combo enabler? Yeah, okay. it's value city, baby. That also just is a, it's really a win condition card advantage engine. Yeah, this card slices and it dices. Yeah, this is also very strong. And I'm glad this isn't anything less than five mana. Five. 
Yep, a hundred percent. I mean, it's it's green future sight with the static ability. Yeah, which and just that static wild. ability isn't nothing. Being able yeah, to it, cast stuff off the top of your library is no joke. That's what I'm saying. It's future sight. Like that's yeah. insane. It and like that ability in green is so valuable because it's kind of like how we said before with a red one uh, with Luca. That's like green's like virtual card advantage. Yeah, there's a lot of cards through Magic history that lets you. Um, do this for creatures and then it also pumps creatures pumps creatures out that is and then tutors for like granted if you cast a, a four drop you can get three two one or zero like that's a thing i mean there's but a lot that's of a, creature combos that are that's a lot yeah there are many creature combos that are two cards it's definitely abusable that's for sure and there is a little bit of a drawback it has to be lesser than so if you cast a three you can't go get another three you gotta get a two or less but I mean, but still, that is there's still some value in that. I am going to for sure be working on a teamer Kiki Pod deck. Ooh, are you alluding to a future spice of the week? I am. I love that. Hell yeah. Well, I got a couple other that we'll breeze through real quick before we get into our top five. Um, Crystalline Giant is one of them. I know we talked about this one a little bit before, but it is a three colorless. 3-3 three, three artifact creature. Um, and at the beginning of your upkeep, you choose a counter that at random that Crystalline Giant doesn't already have among uh, Flying, First Strike, Death Touch, Hexproof, Lifelink, Menace, Reach, Trample, Vigilance, and plus one, plus one. And then you put it on Crystalline Giant. This guy can get out of hand crazy quick. This is arguably the uh, my front runner for one of the most top pickable cards. Oh, yeah. Like, there's a good chance that this might just be one of your the best first picks in a draft in this set. The other thing is, this is not a human. No, it is not. So feel free to mutate the shit out of this. Yes. Yeah, so big fan of that. that it's going to end three colorless. Like, that's that's big. And then just all of those are good. I think the worst one out of these might be Reach. I would say Reach is easily the worst out of these. I mean, that's also scenario Maybe followed dependent. up by Vigilance. Yeah, it's definitely like... Yeah, my... Vigilance is kind of awkward depending, especially on when you cast the card. I would for sure want the plus one, plus one first, or Menace first. Oh, yeah. There's times where you're going to cast this on three, hit Menace, and then just run away with it. Yeah, just start smashing. And, like, you play this guy your first main phase, you go through combat, this guy doesn't have... Uh, doesn't haste. have to attack. Yeah, yeah it's going it to get something. Haste. So you cast this guy in your pre, pre-combat main phase, and it gets one of these. It, it can't even attack, but it gets one of the things. The next turn, it gets another one, and then you can get busy. Yep. So just and eventually, imagine, like, this thing is just going to get better and better each turn. Yo, yeah. Like, playing this on three, and then the first one, you just get his, like, death touch, and you're just like, oh, cool, have fun attacking opponent. And the next one, it's just like, oh, it gets flying. <laughs> you're just like or menace you're just like oh well here taste it <laughs> yeah i think flying hexproof menace in that order will just win you the- oh yeah one thousand just like flying and menace is just like what <laughs> deal with this yeah um another one that i wanted to talk about which just flavor wise just blows my mind is uh yadaro the wandering monster that's the uh seven mana for five and two red for an eight eight uh with trample and haste it's a turtle it's a dinosaur turtle and it has cycling for one in a red and whenever you cycle yardo you shuffle it into your library from your graveyard if you would cycle this card uh 
four more times in that game, instead of, you know, just, you know, shuffling it back in, you just get to put it on the battlefield. I will for sure make a deck around this card. Mm-hmm. Just Yardo cycle madness. Absolutely. Just randomly get some 8-8s. Kill it. Okay, I'll cycle this one. Okay, get a new 8-8. And this guy does have a Godzilla version, too. <laughs> and so, like, just being able to throw a Godzilla at your opponent, just like, here's an 8-8 Godzilla for two mana. Uh, also, I drew a card. Uh, enjoy. It actually, in the text, it actually says the Godzilla version. It does say when you cycle Yadara, Wandering Monster. So, oh, underneath the thing, it has the actual name, too. Okay. Yep. I did not know that before. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that kind of makes it a little bit more clear. Yeah. All right, two more, and then we're getting into the game. The la- uh, one, the, the penultimate card is Dranith Magistrate. This is the quote-unquote every set gets a death and taxes card. We just got it early this, this time around. Um, it is one and a white for a 1-3 human wizard, and it says your opponents can't cast spells from anywhere other than their hand. Uh, this card kind of sucks. <laughs> yeah, not that great. It's just like doing a really bad containment priest impression. Stop some some shenanigans, but there's just better stuff. Yeah, the fact that it specifically says cast means that like it doesn't interact with dredge at all. Well, this is the way to shut down companion. Sure, it does. That's, yeah, it definitely does the, that. That's the uh, counter ability, if you will. Yeah, but just any but in any other format where companion is not really a thing. Yeah, uh, shit. I mean. There is a chance that I just play this in commander decks and just say, uh, <laughs> nice commander, idiot. <laughs> yeah, it's friggin' jagoffs. Have fun with your commander. Yeah, but that's just like extra mean. That's so oh, brutal. Your, your commander deck relies on your commander. Well, not anymore. Well, you're gonna have to deal with this dickhead first. Suck yeah. it. There. And the last card that I want to talk about today, uh, which, okay, there we have gotten a lot of cards. We haven't got to talk about all of the ones. But we don't want this to be a 18 hour podcast. Uh, we'll probably cover some more of these cards. So if we didn't get a card that you wanted to hear about, uh, let us know and we'll be sure to cover it in a future spoiler episode. But the last one for today is the Sharknado. Yeah. <laughs> we couldn't, we would be remiss if we didn't cover some Sharknado in this episode. That one kills me. <laughs> it's it so is just Shark. Good. It is just Sharknado, too. I am so happy that Wizards has a fucking sense of humor that they made a Sharknado card. Yeah, it's Shark it's, Typhoon is yeah, the actual is, name of the card. but Yeah, the Shark Typhoon is the real card. It is five and a blue for an enchantment. The enchantment says, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, create an XX blue shark creature token <laughs> with flying, where X is that spell's convert a mana cost. It also has X, a one, and a blue... And then whenever you cycle shark typhoon, create an XX blue shark creature token with flying. Matt, the sharks have flying. <laughs> Sharknado, bro. It's so fucking good. It is literal Sharknado. That's the funniest part. I can't like it could not be more on the fucking nose. <laughs> it's funny. It's so stupid. It makes me laugh. <laughs> oh, it wizards. I know you're listening. Uh, Good job. Good, you did good with this one. <laughs> you made a funny. Yeah, I saw this one and was just like, wait, what did they do? And then reread it and I was like, the sharks have fucking flying? What happened? And then reread it again in its entirety. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, wizards. <laughs> and then you look at the art and it's like, oh, it's, it's Sharknado. I get it. It's the real deal Sharknado. 
It when is art verbatim. imitates life, Matt. Right? <laughs> when art imitates life. It's good. It's good. Incredible. It's good. It's good. Incredible. Oh. Sharknado might be the, the worst natural disaster that's ever occurred in American history. It's in the top five. Yeah. <laughs> would you would you say that it might be the worst thing that's ever happened to a, a land? You missed I said it's the top five. You missed the Oh, I didn't even hear that one. Yeah, I said it's it's in the top five worst. Okay, hold on. We're going to rewind this. I'm keeping it in the podcast, but re- we'll rewind. Yeah, Sharknado has to be one of the worst natural disasters that's ever happened. In- it's at least in the top five. Oh, Matt, that's our top five for the week. It's actually top. We're doing top five natural disasters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. No, we're actually this this week was an idea that I got from one of my friends who I've been playing uh, commander with Rupert. So shout out to Rupert. Um, we are doing top five utility lands. So these are lands that do not produce any color of mana. They can produce colorless mana, but they don't produce a specific color of mana. But they also have, you know, a nice little ability tacked onto them that you can have a little bit of fun with. So Matt, do you have any honorable mention? I do. I, li- I kept it to five or four because oh, you said they can't down. add colored mana. Well, let's run through your, your honorable mentions real quick. So, uh, Richard and Port, Wasteland. Okay. Uh, Mishra's Factory. And then here's one that not many people will know. Uh, Island of Walk Walk. <laughs> oh, Matthew. I hate you so much. And I'm going to run through my honorable mentions. And then later on, we're going to find out why I hate you. Because my honorable like mentions, your top five. <laughs> my honorable mentions are uh, Library of Alexandria. Another honorable mention of mine is Vesuva. Ooh, I forgot about that. And you can also put Thespian Sage in that as well. Um, another honorable mention for me is Dark Death. Yeah, two of, it, two of my favorite lands. Nice little combo. Yep, the only reason why I have those in my honorable mentions is because I don't really play those lands very frequently. Fair. In all of the lands in my top five, I have played in some format pretty exciting. There's only one of the lands in my top five that I've not played. Matt, now that I'm thinking about it, I think I might be able to list your top five. I'm sure you probably could. <laughs> the order well, is gonna is what's going to get you, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably true. Well, how about you lead us off? What is your number five? Maze of Ith. Ooh, it's above Tabernacle. Maybe Tabernacle's not even on your top five. I'm thinking my initial guess was Maze of Ith, Tabernacle, Ale- uh, Library of Alexandria, Bazaar of Baghdad, and then I think my fifth one would have been Dark Depths. But now, I don't think Tabernacle is on it, and I think Strip Mine is. We will that's, find out. That's my we? guess. But what go is, on. Uh, your number five is Maze of Ith. Yeah. Is Maze of Ith. It taps to remove a creature from combat. And there's a yeah, fun it, little trick you can do where after it deals its damage, there's a time where you can actually use it to untap your creature you can i mean and first strike and maze of Ith work really well together too yes this used to be um it's actually the old wording is uh remove damage from the stack that was when damage was put on the stack yeah that makes it much more potent so yeah that's um it actually is worded so damage does not go on the stack but yeah there's there's still a time where after it deals its damage you can still untap it. Damage is still dealt, so if your creature were to survive, you could still untap it as a blocker. 
Yeah, it was like the end of in, yeah after damage is being dealt. Yeah, yeah, it was a big thing in lands with okay, you swing with your big dumb merit lage, they block with a baleful strix. Okay, after damage, I'm gonna untap. Or with yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah, that's a real good one. My uh my number five is actually kind of similar, and it was also one of your honorable mentions. Um, I could probably say Island of Walk Walk. It is Island of Walk Walk. I have always loved this card. So for those of you who don't know, Island of Walk Walk is from Arabian Nights, I believe. It is. And you tap it to reduce target flying creatures power to zero. Yes. So yeah, it, it's just any any flyer, maybe Merit Lage. <laughs> you yeah, just be able to tap it it's, and Merit Lage is a zero twenty. Yeah, it's generally outclassed by Azavith. Um that's why it doesn't really play in Legacy all that often. Yeah, agreed. It's just Maze of Ith is just a better island of Walk Walk. But Island of Walk Walk is just such a cool card. And I can remember the moment when I discovered Island of Walk Walk is like when I was first getting into magic. And I was like, wait, this land doesn't add mana. It doesn't do anything except for make something smaller. That is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Definitely neat. Yeah, so this is like a very nostalgic land for me because it was the first one that I saw that was just like, this doesn't produce mana. This card is so stupid. Why would anybody play it? And then I was just like, oh, wait, no. This card is the greatest thing that's ever happened after. Oh, I get it. Yeah, it's one of those light bulb moments. Yep, and that's why this this is one of my favorite lands. Okay, so what is your number four? My number four, I don't think you would ever guess in a million years. My number four is Reliquary Tower. We'll probably would eventually got there. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess there is a short list of lands that you could have guessed. But yeah, Reliquary Tower. So it says you have no maximum hand size and it taps for a colorless man. I love me some Reliquary Tower. It's commander in every staple. single commander deck ever. Yeah, I've never not played it in the commander deck. Uh, and it just it's just cool. Like, you know, what's the worst feeling in the entire world. Drawing a bunch of cards, not being able to cast them and then having to discard very good cards. Uh, Reliquary Tower says, hey, bud, I got your back. Don't worry about it. Just keep them in your hand. Now nah, like, you go ahead and you keep those cards. Hey, thanks, Reliquary Tower. I appreciate you. And this is me. This is my appreciation to Reliquary Tower. I appreciate your appreciation. Fucking very nice. That's And that's my number four. Thank you, Reliquary Tower. It's my PSA. So my number four, you actually fucked up. Oh, no. Um, it is Tabernacle. Tabernacle was on there. Oh. Um. Tabernacle has does not tap for me. And at the beginning, creatures gain. Um, at the beginning of the upkeep, pay one for this creature or it is destroyed. Um, yeah. Actually destroyed, not sacrificed. Yep. So not sacrificed, which is important. Uh, yes, because many a time people have said, okay, well, your dark or your merit lage is dead. Nope, it's destroyed and this is indestructible. Yep, that is a very true so, thing that has happened. Um, this is also very big in stacks decks where you're... Um, controlling the board presence, generally their lands first, and then you deal with their creatures with a, a tabernacle, a pendril veil. Mm -hmm. So they sack all their creatures because they can't pay for them. Yeah, tabernacle is a motherfucker. I hate this card. This I do not. I'm a big fan. In, this could have easily landed in my top five least favorite cards of all time. Oh, I love every single one of the cards that I've listed in my top five and my honorable mention. Mistress Factory is one of my favorite cards. Oh, I am familiar with your love of Mistress Factory, and I am genuinely shocked it's not in your... Yeah, every, well, there's just much more powerful. Th That's fair. 
I honestly Tabernacle probably should have been in my honorable me- or should have been in my honorable mentions for last week of most hated cards. Yeah. I that bl- makes sense. I blew it. Yeah, you fucked up. Well, Matt, what's your number three? Well, you fucked up this one, but you redeemed yourself with number three. It is, in fact, Strip Mine. Hey, I knew it. Um, very, very powerful card. Uh, taps for a colorless, or you sack it to destroy target. Yeah, that, that's not just non-basic land. That's any land. Nope. You can pick off basics as well, which is very strong. Um, it's always, it's been around since Magic. It is one of the most played cards in old school. It is restricted in some versions of old school and others. You can play four of them, which is ridiculous. A land as old as time, a song as old as rhyme. I don't know you just said, but never. <laughs> <laughs> There's a similar flavor in my number three. It is Rashadden. I figured that would be in there just because of good old D&T. So Boy, go ahead do I and, love uh, me a fucking Rashadden. Yeah, pretty similar, just not as powerful it's like third in the line of mana fucking an opponent you're i think yeah that's probably fair um yeah so rashawn port taps for a colorless mana and it also has for one and tap rashawn port you can tap target land so this is one of the cornerstones of the greatest deck in magic's history legacy death and taxes and it is incredibly effective at making sure your opponent doesn't get to play magic yeah, nice. Oh, during your upkeep, I'm going to go ahead and tap that down. Yeah, the, my favorite thing in the entire world is like just having the soul read on like my opponent having true name nemesis or something like that. And just being like, oh, uh, you don't get to have two blue. Or uh, you could just cut them off of a certain color in general. Yeah, just an entire color. Yeah, which tends to be pretty big in uh, legacy. Massive in legacy. Yep, massive in Legacy. Uh, That's why Rashad Port, Port is really such a powerful card. Yeah, it doesn't really see play in much other than that. I'm sure it's Commander here and there. Oh, um, yeah. Not really ever in Vintage, but... No, Legacy it is a mainstay in the the mana control creature decks. Like, I mean, even to the extent of, like, Goblins plays Rashad in Port because it's such a effective card at delaying your opponent and letting you enact your game plan while also making sure your opponent doesn't do anything too fucked up it's just a nice little disruptive way to play yep exactly it's literally free it's just a land slot and that's that's really there all there is to it that goblins was such a dominant deck in legacy when legacy first started that they were scrambling on how to like neuter the deck a bit yeah so they banned a whole bunch of goblins and port was a part of that whole situation yeah, that was in the the winning what was it back then uh, champs or worlds yeah, it was one of those big tournaments, yep. Yeah, so uh, very good number three. What is your number two? Well, I cheated a bit for my number cheater, two. Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. My number two is actually a cycle of lands. That's not cheating, that's fine. Okay, cool, then I didn't cheat. Uh, my number two is the Innistrad utility land. So it's cards like uh, Moral and Haunt, Desolate Lighthouse, Alchemist Refuge, Keswick Wolf Run, Gavany Township, cards like that. Vault of the Archangel uh, is another okay. one. The, the Don't lands those tap that, for mana, though? Nope. All of them tap for a colorless mana, and then for a combination of two colors, they do an ability. So, like, Moral and Haunt for a Oh, white, yep, a yep, blue. yep. You're right. Yep. I was thinking Man Lands for some reason. No, yeah, yeah, Moral and Haunt for a white and a blue. 
You can tap it, exile a card, make a exile a creature, creature card, card from your graveyard, make a spirit. Alchemist Refuge for a green and a blue. You can cast a non-land card uh, that turn as flash. though it had flash. Uh, Desolate Lighthouse lets you uh, draw a card and then discard a card. I have played all of these cards, or not all of them, but a good portion of them in a lot of decks throughout multiple formats. Like Alchemist Refuge has been in every single... Uh, blue green commander deck I've ever played. I played Desolate Lighthouse and Moreland Haunt in more modern decks than I'm proud to admit. Uh, you can throw Kessick Wolf Run and Gavney Township in that list as well because I've played them in far more decks than I probably should have. I love the ability to do shit with my lands, and these are like the epitome of doing things with lands because all of them are designed so well that in the color combinations that they're in, it just seems like exactly what you'd want to do. Like, of course, in the blue-red deck, I would want to play Desert Lighthouse and draw more cards. Of course, in, in white-blue, I would want to make a flyer. Of course, in the Simic deck, I would want to play a creature and at instant speed. Like, these are just so obvious and so perfectly... Well, that's the thing with Utility Lamp. Um, it's just a land in your deck that you need to play anyway, and you can trim down on some basics or some... Uh, dual lands or whatever and it's almost like a half of a spell that a lot of times is repeatable oh yeah like for example um loot house how many times do you activate loot house in a game it's generally not once it's generally multiple times same with rishid import or maze of it there's yep. it's a repeatable effect that you get for something um that you need to have in your deck anyway yeah and it's it either also can add mana most of the yeah, it's either I'm using Desolate Lighthouse for mana in that game, or I'm activating it multiple times. Like in control matchups, Lighthouse is like one of the best cards you could possibly have in your deck, and it's just a land slot. Yep. Yeah. So I love the Innistrad utility lands. Just another reason why Innistrad is one of the great is one of the all time great sets in Magic. Fair. All right. On to I would agree with you there too. The utility of a lot of those lands very strong. I'm a personal fan favorite of the loot house hell yeah loot house is so good so my number two i also want to say that your lands are all bullshit legacy modern <laughs> forward and mine are like uber powerful like yeah yours are all the best lands ever printed yeah, yeah. <laughs> um my number two is bizarre bag which um is so powerful in vintage uh the dredge deck will mulligan to this land they yes. will mulligan down to one card to try to find this land. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why people were complaining about the new mulligan roll because of specifically Vintage Dredge because they just get to have more looks at trying to find Bizarre. Yeah, which honestly, um, it doesn't matter. That's the only card they actually... It was like 97% of the time they'll find it between mulligan, the even the old mulligan rolls, that is. Yeah, yeah, um, And we talked about this in a previous episode, but it was so such a high percentage it was like 97.1 or something along those lines someone call frank karsten um, <laughs> or talk to wizards to unban him or joel larson yeah <laughs> but it was it's that powerful will literally mulligan to one in between that and they play serum powder in that deck literally just for more looks at uh getting a bizarre and so this bizarre is Matt, for people who don't so, know so uh, you draw two cards and you discard three cards. Well, oh, card disadvantage, you say. Yeah. Until <laughs> you have a dredger and you're like, okay, I'm going to dredge five, dredge five, 
and return those two cards to my hand. So you dredge 10, and then you discard three. Okay, you don't really give a shit. No, you're um, discarding your those cards to, that you dredge, so you can just do it again next turn. If you could in dredge, you would literally take all but like two cards in your deck and flip just it flip into your graveyard. Into your graveyard, yep. Um, and then there's like the survival salad decks, which is an aggressive, aggressive deck based around uh, small creatures that are disruptive and the ability to discard cards for free. Like, uh, what's that card? It's a 1-1 one, one that its madness cost is zero, so you discard it free. Basking Rootwalla. That's the one, and you literally get a 1-1 one, one for free. Yeah, and you know who's good friends with Basking Rootwalla? Thalia. Hollowed one. And hollow one. Yeah, and, and Thalia. And Vengevine. And the list goes on. Yeah, that deck is... Yeah, that's the honestly the newest hotness of Vintage. And it's not even that new anymore. It's just one of the newer decks that have actually worked. Yeah, that deck is super cool. Super powerful. Um, it's so powerful, but at the same time, it's not powerful because it's a very specific role that it fills. Yeah. Well, Matt, what's your number one? Um, as you have already called it, this is uh, probably one of my three favorite land cards. Um, this is Library of Alexander. Oh, going to go check out a book, are you? Yeah. So this, um, it does tap for a colorless, or uh, you can tap it. And if you have exactly seven cards in your hand, you get to draw a card. Yeah, that seems pretty powerful. A turn one library on the draw is not really right now in vintage, but for a long time was the best thing you could do in a control deck or a deck that was going to be grindy. It's still very good. It's uh, yeah, and I was going to say, it's up. still super good. Yeah, vintage is just sped up so much that um, oftentimes you're not going to have seven cards. In Old school, however, still fucking king shit and it's people will literally demonic tutor for a strip mine to wait or to strip it yeah just to get I've, rid of that because it's so good because it's I just so just much harder myself advantage. slightly demonic <laughs> tutoring for a strip strip mine to strip mine a library yep that sounds right definitely has happened super powerful uh there's a reason it's like 800 dollars. yeah it's great it's one of the best lands of all time uh argue not the best land of all time but best utility land for sure in yeah. my opinion, and probably most people's opinion, except you, because you're probably wrong. But okay, well, Matt, do you know what gets rid of a uh, Library of Alexandria? Uh, did you say Wasteland yet? My number one, Wasteland, yeah. baby. <laughs> I couldn't remember if you said Wasteland or not. You have Wasteland on there, but not Strip Mine. That is, listen, I like Wasteland a hell of a lot more than I like Strip Mine because I get to play the Wasteland in Legacy as a four of. You could play old school and play Strip Mine as a four of. I can just get to play a hell of a lot more Legacy than I do old school. I guess if I if I played old school more, I could see Wasteland being usurped by Strip Mine. Well, but, Wasteland's not legal, you stupid head. Yeah, but in the current state of affairs, in me playing more Legacy than than any other constructed format, uh, Wasteland takes the fucking crown. I love blowing up dual lands so much. There is something super nice in legacies they go turn one delver and you just go turn one wasteland and they just have a delver and then you kill their delver and then they're fucked yeah th there is a a very fulfilling feeling of my opponent trying to play magic and then just not being able to because i wastelanded their one land that they had like my opponent mulligans to four cards or five cards and they they play out their land and i'm just like oh i watched you mulligan i see what happened here uh wasteland and then the look on their face when all hopes are shredded 
from their body. Like it's like it's like it's watching their soul leave their physical form. It is a beautiful thing. And I have Wasteland to thank for that. I love that card so fucking much. Does that make me a bad person? A little bit, but it's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. I love that card. What a killer top five. That was a good top five. I, I love land. They're my favorite card, I think. Yeah, lands are probably the best card type in me. They're also what? the hardest to interact with. Yeah, like how do you interact with the basic planes besides strip mine? You don't. That's the trick question. If Get out of here. People are playing basic planes against you. You already, you already lost. <laughs> exactly, because because basic planes are the best. No, no, no. The person who played the basic planes already lost. Oh no! Don't you ever, ever speak ill of basic planes ever again? I literally do. Matthew, I challenge you to a duel. I expected Yugi Moto to scream Yu-Gi-Oh. But Part of the cards, baby. Let's go. Nothing about a duel. Of the minds, Matthew. Oh. Maybe a duel that Wheel involves of Fortune. randomly generated cards from the Scryfall website. Oh, that thing. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that today. Oh, no? Just going to veto the, yeah. the best part about the podcast? Yeet. <laughs> You're not getting away that easily, bud. We're going to play some accumulated knowledge. That's fine. Bring the pain. Is it me or you this week? I believe I'm asking you this week. Okay. So for those of you out of there who are not familiar... Every week we play a game called Accumulated Knowledge. That is where one of us goes to the Scryfall website and we hit the random card generating button. Whatever card comes up, we ask the other one the name of said magic card. And then the other person has to give the mana cost of that magic card. If they get it right, they get a point. And if they don't, they have to have every card that they are mutating in a Korra standard uh, destroyed. Before the mutated card even even gets to attach to it. Even gets to come out and play. Yeah, that's going to be a sad moment when that happens. And so, Matt, are you ready for a little bit of accumulated knowledge action? I suppose so. You get two hints, and you have to get four out of five correct. This first one is a doozy. Your first card is Pang Tong Young Phoenix. I'm pretty sure this is a Portal 3K card. You think so? Yes. You know, you can ask a hint. Oh, I know. It's a Portal 3K card. Ooh. It's either that or that Asianly release set, but oh, I don't think so. Two. How many hints do I get? Two. You get two. Do I waste a hint? I feel like I could get this. I'm guessing it's either white, blue, or red. I don't think it's blue because the blue one was just recently a Judge promo. Ooh. I think I'm going to use a hint. Ooh, what's your Sorry, hint going to be, bud? Um, I want to know what this sucker does. So Pang Tong Young Phoenix... It says tap target creature gets a plus O plus two until the end of turn. Activate this ability only during your turn before attackers are declared. Is that the actual text on the card? Would you like that is the errata text. Would you like the actual factual text of the card? Is it going to use my second hint? No, it will not. I'll give it to you for free. I'm yeah, I want, the, I want the, the OG. Okay, so the original text on the card is on your turn before attackers or before attacks, you may tap Pang Tong to give any one creature a plus O plus two until the end of turn. It's definitely the portal 3K one. It's not the not a newer set. That's not red. Red would be aggressive. I think it's white. Is it? No, it's not. Is it? <laughs> what do you got for me? I think I'm going to go two white white. Is that your final? It is. Matthew. It is one white. Fuck. Pang Tong is a legendary creature human advisor for one 
or he is a one two for one and two white. That was close. I'm sorry. He's one sword and two shield. He is definitely a Portal 3K card. Oh, you motherfucker. If you would have told me it was that, I would have got it right. Asterix. That one was a tough one. This next one is significantly less tough. Hit me. It is Orzhov Signet. Are the Signets? They're two mana, right? Are they? I'm pretty sure they're two mana. I don't know, though. Maybe this is trickier than I thought. Was the... Yeah, I'm pretty sure these are two mana. I'm going to go two colorless. Would you like a hint? No. Is that your final answer is two colorless mana? Yes. Two colorless mana is correct. Okay, thank God. I was like, are you fucking with me? Yes. I thought the signets. Yeah, it is an artifact for two colorless mana that for one generic, you can tap it and add a white and a black. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, a there's a whole There's a whole cycle of these. Cube staple. Yeah, like, I matter, you ready for your next one. Were. Yeah, I am. It is Kessick Recluse. Oh, I know this. This is the uh, it's a spider. Really? What gave that one away? The recluse. The Kessick part? <laughs> All the spiders are pretty much two, three, or four mana, unless they're wild from Commander, which I don't think. Did you know that its silk is highly prized? But then again, so is your life. Eh, not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with what I know with the spider cycle. I'm going to go two green. Is that your final answer? Yes. Matt, you are correct. Yeah, I was I was really hoping it wasn't the three green green ones. No, it is. Yeah, you're 100% right. It is two green green for a spider. For It is a two three. It has reach and death touch. And death touch. That's a good one. Hell yeah, this card was sick. That's the Ascension set, right? The, the Dark Ascension, stuff. yep. Okay, next one. You ready? What's this for? Yeah. Yep, it is Argothian Swine. This one's an interesting one. I know this. I have... I just saw these in my bulk binder going through for old school shit. Oh, this is a weird one to have in your bulk binder. No, it's not. It's real shitty. It's a a slightly upgraded version of like the hill giant. Would you like to use a hint? This is number four. Yes. Argothian swine. I'm going to, I'm going to ask you something. That's going to be my hint. Okay. Is it a three, three trample? Ooh, I kind of like this utility of a hint and I will allow it. It is a three, three trampler. All right, this dude's three and a green. That is very impressive, Matthew. It's like an orangish boar, if I recall. It is. That's that lizard brain memory of shit. That yeah, that was <laughs> pretty impressive. I'm kind of uh, awestruck by that. I uh, I have like seven of these. I would in, in my bulk box or bulk box. I, I would have never gotten this if without <laughs> going through there the other day. At this like, point, you know, I would typically read the card, but you literally just read the text of the card. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It doesn't do anything else. It's a 3-3 trampler for three and a green. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. Good old bulk boxes coming to my rescue. Oh, boy. Matt, are you ready for your final one? This is for all the marbles. You got one more hint. It is. I don't have another hint. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I was just so taken aback by that last one. I was in shock. So you got to raw dog this one, but I think you might get it. It is promise of power. Yes, Promise of Power. Go to Kev Walker art. This isn't a twine card, I think. I would ask if you want a hint, but now I know that you don't have any. I'm going to get this one. It's Ooh. like a, it's a modal card. I know that, and it's a twine, but I don't remember what it does or the mana cost. I guess you are not a commander player, so maybe this this card is not as uh, as fresh in your brain as it would be. It's either green or black. Now, what's the, the green one's the search and put it into play? I'll tell you what. You know what the green one is? Tooth and nail. It is tooth and nail. I was going to give that to you. a second, but I got there. 
So you know it's not green. No, tooth and nail is what seven mana, and its wines are two. Yeah, tooth and nail for the for the both abilities is nine mana. But I'm not asking you about tooth and nail. I'm asking you about promise of power. I'm gonna go three black, 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 and twines free because all the twines add up to nine, don't they? I don't care. That's my final answer. I don't know if that's true. That's your final answer. Yeah, Matt. It is two black, black, black. Mm. Oh, that was a good shot in the dark. But it does entwine for four. So yeah, it does add up. It does add up to nine. They all do, don't they? All the I think you might be right. I think they all do add up to nine. All of like that main rare cycle of entwine cards. I'm happy with that. Even though I lost, that was closer than I thought I was. It was so close. So what's this sucker do? So promise of power, like I said, for two black, black, black is a sorcery speed spell. And you can choose one. You can either draw five cards and lose five life or create an XX demon creature token with flying where X is equal to the number of cards in your hand. And you can twine for four, which means... If you pay that additional four mana, you can do both. Oh, that's probably really good in Commander. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Draw five cards, make like a 8-8 eight, eight or 9-9. Nine, nine. Yeah, make a big old boy. Yeah, if I played more Commander, I probably would have. <laughs> that's very true. What sets is from? Um, It is from... This one I have is from Mirrodin, and I, that is its original print. That's what Tooth and Nails from, isn't it? That is correct. It has been printed a handful of times, Um, notably Commander 2014. I think that's where I initially got it from and interacted with it. Yeah, that makes sense if it. I'm looking this one up. What was it? Promise of what? Promise of power. Gotta do your research, bud. I do. This is how I learn. <laughs> you're learning. You're evolving. Ooh, that's some dope art. It's really good, yeah. Again, Kev Walker, man. Reminds me of Jism Jin. A little bit. You're right. You know, I'll never, ever forget that card now. Oh, no, that's going to be burnt in your brain permanently. So if it ever comes up again on Accumulated Knowledge, you got it. Yeah, I'll, I got you then, boy. <laughs> I, I'm shaking. <laughs> Trembling. So, Matt, you're the loser. That means I get the shout out. Yeet, I suppose so. Get to rip it from your cold, dead hands. I've been off my game. Yeah, maybe someday you'll get back to your former glory. Maybe. Maybe I just got lucky to start. <laughs> but so for my shout out this week... I'm going to shout out one of the, one of Magic's great cosplayers. It is Gobberthix on Twitter. Um, it's her name's Olivia, and she does some fucking awesome cosplays. Yeah, she yeah for sure. And unfortunately, uh, cosplaying is taking a bit of a hit right now, considering there's no, you know, in-person thing. No events where people go and flock. Yeah, super unfortunate. But also, uh, in addition to cosplaying, she also does, like like crafting kind of like she does like pottery and she does like some like metalworking stuff and all of her shit is just wild like i would kill to be like even like kind of talented at least in that capacity yeah i have no artistic ability whatsoever not even close and but like she's also done like she's also been on uh like the commander like podcast like playing games with them and like i said she does like insane cosplays and she does the arts and crafts stuff. Like, all of it's wild. Sounds pretty dope. Yeah, so go she's check her out. Good. Yeah, she's on Twitter at Gobberthix. It's spelled how you would think. So, yeah, go go check out her shit. She has a Patreon. She has all the other stuff. So, yeah, go go check her shit out. And if you dig it, uh, give her a follow. Holla. All right, dog. We did not do something this week, which I'm a little bit upset with you. Well, here's the thing, Matt. We took up all that time with Akoria, but I can promise you that we will get to the Spice of the Week. 
All right, I got one locked and loaded. I actually just sent you a picture of it. Oh, this is gonna be this is a this is a pre next week. Oh, is this a is this old school? This is an old school deck, baby. I like this already. I saw the chaos orb and I'm just like, oh, I'm in. Sign me up. Oh, I can't wait to talk about this one next week. Yeah, it's it's gonna be good. Oh boy. Yeah, this is a spicy meatball. Okay, yep, we gotta go. I have to talk about this now. <laughs> All right, nerds. Yeah. That's yeah, a little okay. spoiler for next. But if you in between then want to find us on the social media, you can find the podcast at fetch underscore shock. You can find me, Tyler, at basic land bin, and you can find Matt at it's Bob. And we're gonna be here next Simple. week talking probably more spoilers. I would assume more Aquarius spoilers. I have a story to tell everyone next week. Oh, and story time with Matt. Oh, next week's gonna be great. This week was was awesome, but next week you're not gonna want to miss. It. But until then, we will see you later. Next. Fucking go home. Go. You're already home. You're all isolated. Yeah, go outside or something. Or wait, no, don't go outside. Yeah, don't. Terrible. Dude, stay. Stay inside. Wash your hands, nerds. <laughs>